Let's just pray before we get into the Word of God. Our gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks that as a church, we can come together. As a church, even though we may not be physically present in the same building, we are present together through the power of the Holy Spirit. May your word be preached. May your word flow through me today by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it's great to have you back after such a big and eventful Easter weekend with Good Friday and uh, Easter Sunday services uh, online. You know, it's amazing how, as a church, even though we can't meet physically in our building, we've been meeting together digitally. And we've been still interacting with the Word of God. We've been still hearing it preached. We've been still singing together through the, the wonderful music of the worship team uh, coming together and bringing that for us so that we may have that sense of worship within our lives. See, we are a part of a great movement of God working in this world at the moment. Just because our buildings might be shut doesn't mean that we, we haven't been able to preach the gospel. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't preach the gospel. It didn't mean that the story of Easter wasn't told. It didn't mean that we didn't proclaim Jesus Christ as the resurrected Jesus Christ. See, as a church, we've been using our digital online platforms, uh, and one of the platforms we use is a church online platform provided by Life Church in the US. And they provide this free to churches to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Wonderful, gracious offering that they've done. And I just want to give you some stats. You know, just because our building's been closed doesn't mean that we haven't reached people. We are one of the churches that were part of that. And some of the stats they have, they, you see, they had nearly 32,000 services streamed from that online platform. We had three services up there, nearly 32,000, amazing. The amazing thing is, from there, 9.7 million people attended church. 9.7, fantastic. And even better, 69,500 people gave their life to Jesus Christ found salvation in Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And every country on earth heard the gospel preached at Easter. God is doing an amazing work in our time, in the midst of all of this. See, people are going to remember this Easter for years to come. Yes, because it was different. Yes, because we weren't allowed to go and do things. You know, our normal routine of what we would do. But I want to dig deeper than that. It's not because we couldn't meet together because it was different that people are going to remember. I want to dig deeper together because the reason people are going to remember this is that hope was offered. Hope was offered in the message of Jesus Christ in this time of pandemic. You know, this virus is, is contagious, yes. But you know what else is contagious? Fear. Fear spreads quickly in our world. 
Uh, and especially in our digital world, fear spreads so quickly. There's no shortage of people talking up the negative side of all of this. Times are tough. And I want to say times are tough. We are struggling, you know, mentally, socially, emotionally. You know, times are tough. But I want to actually say to this, while it may be tough for us, we are really privileged in our country. We are really privileged in our church. We have low numbers of infections in Australia. We have access, by and, by and large, to, to food, to water, to shelter, and to, to great medical treatment. Although some find it difficult to access some of those things, and some people actually don't have access to shelter within our society. But around the world, people don't have the same access that we have. We are a privileged country, we're a privileged people. But despite all of this privilege, and I, I think this is amazing, despite all of this privilege, we still have fear. We still have fear over our health, we still have fear over finances, over our work, over, our, over a recession that is, is likely to come. You know, even because of all this, I want to feed something into you. The virus is contagious, fear is contagious, but you know what else is contagious? Hope is contagious. So let us not be a people of fear. Let us not be a people who fear things, but let us be a people who have faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ that brings about hope. So I want to share with you uh, a section of the Bible. It's actually one of the letters written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. But I want to give you a little bit of background into to all of this and, and to hear the story of, of, of where this letter comes from. And to do that, we need to first of all delve into the Acts of the Apostles, where we hear of Paul and Silas's journey and their preaching journey into various cities. And we're going to delve into quickly into Acts uh, chapter 17 and verses 1 through to 10. And I'm going to just really kind of briefly overview all of this. See, Paul and Silas had been traveling uh, along the way. They'd been dropping into various uh, towns and cities and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And they get to Thessalonica. And as was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures, that is the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, to reason with the people in the synagogue he explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. See, Paul did this three weeks in a row in the Jewish synagogue, telling them about Jesus Christ, that Jesus was the Messiah, and then he had to suffer and they had to rise from the dead. And that is exactly what's happened, and that's the Easter message. He said that Jesus is this Messiah. Now, when people challenge the faith, people's faith, and sometimes people get very upset about it. And that's exactly what happened. The Jews who listened were, some Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous. 
So they gathered around some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and, and, and they started a riot. And then they attacked the home of, of, of where Paul and Silas were staying, the home of Jason. And they were searching for Paul and Silas, uh, but they couldn't find them. So they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers that were in that house and took them before the city council. Now, what happened is the city council, you know, they, they accused them of creating riots and, and you know, of preaching the wrong things and, and actually claiming that Jesus is the king and not the emperor of Rome. Which would then bring about a whole notion of a revolt against the empire and that would need to be squashed. The city council, you know, told them not to do that to, and they basically um, fined them and put bonds on them so they wouldn't continue on doing that message. And following this, you know, when the, when the, the followers, Jason and the, the household, came back, they basically said to Paul and Silas, we love you, brothers, but um, if you keep on preaching here, it's going to cause a riot and you'll be killed. So we want you to go somewhere else and continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We will stay faithful. And so they headed out of the city and continued to preach about Jesus. And the people of faith, the people of the church in Thessalonica, were persecuted because of their faith. You can see that Paul, he didn't spend very long in Thessalonica and, and was, was wanting to... He spent about three, four weeks there. Not very long. But a church had started. And they were growing in faith. They were listening to the scriptures. They'd seen how Paul and Silas had lived and they were, they were doing the same. And they were continuing to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. They remained faithful to Christ. But... On their journey, Paul and Silas heard of the persecutions coming upon the church of Thessalonica and, they, and Paul and Silas wanted to write to that church to encourage them. To encourage them to remain faithful in this time of trouble, in this time of persecution. And see, we can take the same kind of thing, you know. We're, we're, we're not being necessarily persecuted, but there's a time of trouble, there's a time of change, there's a the time of fear revolving around the place and we want to speak into that. We want to speak into that something that is not about fear, but is about is about God, is about hope. So let's just jump into this. One Thessalonians. So we're going to jump into the first letter that Paul wrote to the church. One Thessalonians um, chapter one, first chapter, and we're going to have a look at verses two and three just to start with. And it says this. Paul's just introduced himself in the letter and he says, we always give thanks, that's Paul and Silas, always gives thanks for all of you and pray for you constantly. And as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful works, your loving deeds and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing. Isn't that wonderful? I want to encourage you today 
as I'm speaking to you, I'm not present with you physically, but I'm speaking to you. I want to pray the same thing for you. I want to give thanks. Thanks to God for each and every one of you. I pray for you. And I give thanks for your your faithful works, for the loving deeds that you have done. And I give thanks and praise God for your enduring hope that you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question is, that we have in all of this, is in the midst of all of this, have we let fear overcome us? Have we let it be contagious and take control of us? Or are we hanging on and letting hope be our guiding light? Are we still doing faithful works in the name of Jesus Christ? Are we still doing those things um, that will allow us to remain faithful? Are we still reading the Bible? Are we still praying? Are we still delving into scripture? Are we still letting the Holy Spirit speak to us? Think of your loving deeds. Are we still, even though we may be physically separated, even though we may be told we are not allowed to go out, are we still showing loving deeds, loving kindness to those around us? Are we showing love to our neighbour? Are we showing love to those people that we meet and greet, however that may be? I was on the phone to somebody just just today and, and talking to them and just offering some encouragement to them. Now, even though we may not be physically in the same building, we can still do those loving deeds and offer that encouragement to people. Think of your enduring hope. Are you holding on to that enduring hope for yourself? Are you displaying that enduring hope to other people? Do people know of your enduring hope that you have in Jesus? Are you showing this to other people? Is it flowing from you out into everything that you do? These are big questions. These are questions that tap into us. Just because we may not meet on a Sunday doesn't mean that we should step back from our faithful works, our loving deeds, or step back from having enduring faith in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, we need to step up. We need to step up and do more of those things. We need to have a greater depth of faith, a greater depth of hope. But let's just cycle back to what Paul was trying to encourage uh, the church of Thessalonica. And he's also encouraging us. Let us let this speak to us today. So let's carry on a little bit further, further forward in chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through to 7. It says, We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you. This is where we have the hope in it. This is where we have our hope. God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. What a wonderful thing for us. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. I want you to know the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you today in this time. 
speaking to you through the Easter story and the Easter message about Jesus Christ, about his great love for the world, about the power of the Holy Spirit working in your lives. And going back to, to the Bible, and you know of our concern for you, for the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. And in this way, you imitated both us and the Lord, that is Jesus. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece. How amazing that their faith and hope in Jesus Christ has become, because of the suffering and persecution, because of what they were going through, has become an encouragement and an example to believers in all of Greece. The story of this church has gone out. See, our hope it is founded in the love of God for each and every one of you. It is found in the message of Easter and through Jesus' redemptive work on the cross and the resurrection. He has conquered death and he's allowed us to have that free access to God, that we may have that living, loving relationship with God. It is founded in that, that very fact that Jesus came for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for all of us. Can you see what's happening? What's happening in all of this? That Paul is encouraging the church and what's happening in the church? See, their enduring hope in Jesus Christ is spreading. It is encouraging other believers is your life in all its facets an example of hope for the people? See, hope spreads. Hope in Jesus spreads. Listen to what Paul writes to the church, and I want you to bring this into our situation. We'll do it in just a second. And now the word of the Lord is, is ringing out from you to people everywhere and beyond you know, that, that Greek area. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from the idols to serve the living and true God. See, see what's happened is their faith in Jesus Christ has, become, has given them so much hope, even in persecution, that that message is spread all throughout. They've been telling people about what Paul and Silas has been saying. They've been telling people about Jesus Christ and, and they've been showing that their lives have changed. They've turned from what they once were to new people. You know, we now live in a world where it is so easy it is now easier to invite people to church than it has ever been. 
We're not inviting them to a building. We're not inviting them to get dressed up, come out, drive to our building and be a part of it. We're inviting them to come to church online. We're inviting them to tap into the message that we have just here, to worship together, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Invite people. So I want to ask you today, have you invited somebody to church today online? Have you used your contacts that you have and say, come and listen in? Come and join in with what's happening. Come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Because there is hope. Hope in the midst of this suffering. Hope in the midst of this time. Hope that is beyond this. We know that the virus will end. We know that there will be pain in all of this. But we know that God never leaves us. See, the thing is, fear is contagious. But so is faith. So is hope. Hope in Jesus Christ is contagious. Your hope in Jesus Christ is contagious. See, I, I want to say this to you. I want to spread my faith in Jesus Christ. I want to spread my enduring hope in Jesus Christ to those around, to those people I meet. I want that to be the thing that, that people know. And this is what church is about. Church is not about a club. It's not about a building. It is about spreading the hope found in Jesus Christ. It's about the message of Jesus Christ going out into all of the world. And we are doing this today. We are stepping up. Matter of fact, this is probably a watershed moment for the church in realising that maybe the ways and practices and means that we've done previously have not been cutting it and we need to do things differently. We need to add to our, our, our quiver. We need to add things in. And we've only learnt to add things in because something was taken away from us. But in all of this, it's not about the technology. It's not about how good we look. It's not about the number of likes that we get. It's not about the, you know, how we do this, but it's about spreading the hope of Jesus Christ so that all the world may know this. So let's just pray to go. A gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks that we, as a church... can come to know that your hope found in the love of Jesus Christ is contagious and spreads everywhere. May we be a people of faith. May we step up and say, I have hope in Jesus. May we know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour. May we as a church continue to spread the hope found in Jesus Christ to all of the world. And Lord, I pray for each and every person who is hearing this message today, that they may know that God loves them, that they may know that you are chosen, that you are wonderfully and beautifully made, 
and that God cares for you and wants to have a close, intimate relationship with you, wants you to place your trust in him. We are more than this time. We are more than the fear. We are more than this virus. We are believers in Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.